I was steaming when I watched this film, and <laughs> if any, I mean, the fact that I mean, I didn't go and see like uh, Schindler's List drunk, you know, or Dead Poet Society. I can't think of any recent films that are that kind of <laughs> that kind of house team. Uh, but you know, I went to see Rambo Five with a few drinks in me, thinking this is the kind of film you want to get quite sloshed for because of a good laugh, and uh, alcohol couldn't even save it. Good morning, Vietnam. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It's been a while since we've last spoken, so I'm very curious to hear what you've been up to. Obviously, we haven't been able to do much because we're still in a pandemic. I don't know what phase we're in. I don't know if the lockdown is a thing anymore. I have no idea what's going on. All I know is my life hasn't really changed much since March. But I do know you like to keep busy in terms of what you've been watching and reading, whatever. So go on your first, John. What have you been watching, reading, listening to? What have you been doing to entertain yourself the last since we last spoke? Well, over the last couple of weeks, since I knew that we were going to be watching the Rambo film, I went back and watched the first three of the Rambo films, which get progressively worse as they're going along. The first one is excellent, second, third. And I stopped about halfway through the fourth one, so I can't really tell you how that is yet. <gasps> but I will watch it because I've been told it's pretty good. I've also been rewatching watching the MCU phase one so I watched all of those films again apart from The Incredible Hulk because it's not on Disney Plus and the rest of them are so that's been pretty good enjoying that watched um, Happy New Year Colin Bursted Ben Wheatley film it's on iPlayer just now it came out at New Year last year I believe it's an excellent wee family drama film set on a new year which is really good and it's basically a massively dysfunctional family and all the hangers on it was excellent it was a really good film watched The Thomas Crown Affair the old Steve McQueen film which was excellent very good indeed not seen that for years and years a couple of Akira Kurosawa films sat and watched My Boy I watched Hidden Four and I watched Ran. And Ran is just amazing, partly because it's in colour and it's just it's just a fantastic spectacle film. It's like Cast of Thousands and all that. Excellent stuff. Am I right in thinking Hidden Fortress is the one that inspired George Lucas? It was one of the ones, yes, yeah, you've got the tall lanky guy and the wee guy in it, so that's very much C-3PO and R2-D2, and it's the way that they interact and everything, and there's a princess that they're supposedly trying to save as well, who basically doesn't need saving. She's more of a warrior than either of those two are. Cracking movies, I think they're on... I think there's a BFI player, I think, or through Amazon or something. Got those. All very good. So in telly, a couple of documentaries. The Rise of the Murdochs documentary, which has been on the last couple of weeks, which is fascinating. It's a very well put together documentary. You would really like it, Thomas, because it's pretty much set out in the same way that Succession is set out right down to the title music and the, the images at the start with the old footage of them being in holiday and things like that. And it's all based around everything to do with News International. I think there's been two episodes so far, and the third one is all got to do is going to be doing with America and Trump and all the goings on that are going on to this day, obviously. Also, Once Upon a Time in Iraq, which is about the Iraq War again on the BBC. It's a three or four part 
documentary and it's amazing basically they're, they're just talking to people who were involved in it people who were on the ground in iraq living through it and u.s soldiers and various people like that it's fascinating to see the, the way that these people talk about the conflict and the doubt that they have in their minds looking back on it it's very good in terms of dramas which patrick melrose which was very good benedict cumberbatch five-part drama which is based on books watch normal people the bbc drama mm-hmm. about the two teens who sort of a first love thing and how they go through i think it's about four years of their life which was excellent and nice wee 30 minute chunks as well which is really really good and i've been re-watching spiral the french detective drama which was on bbc a couple of years ago got uh, i think four seasons of those on dvd so i've just been working my way through those as well Bookwise, only reading one, which is On Set with John Carpenter. It's a photo book from Kim Gottlieb Walker. She did the on-set photography for John Carpenter on the Halloween films and Christine Escape from New York in the Fog. Saw her black and white photos from the set and behind the scenes. And yeah, there's lots of sound bites, if you like. There's a lot of people who have, have written, especially for the, the book as well. Like Jamie Lee Curtis and John Carpenter and various other people involved in all the productions. It's a fantastic book. It's really, really nice. And that's it. Apart from that, I've done nothing, obviously, because I haven't <laughs> had any time to do anything else. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, you've been out in the cinema or anything. Yeah, unfortunately. Can, you, can you tell? Yeah. God, I'm really starting to struggle with this. I mean, I know there's bigger things at play, but not being at the cinema and this amount of time and see, the fact that pubs are open and I can't go and see a film I think that's the thing that really annoys me that see I know everything's different it's not the same blah blah first world problems but they're open in England and we still can't get to go and see anything it's a bit rubbish but I'm sure we'll discuss that later what are they showing there can't be anything out don't actually know. I haven't looked. Uh, I assume it will just be retrospective stuff, maybe smaller things. But yeah, I don't think there's going to be any big wide, wide international releases anytime soon. Mary, what have you been up to? I mean, I honestly feel embarrassed sharing what I've been watching after John's like really cultured and well curated collection of, of <laughs> movies because I have been watching a load of pish. I have to be, <laughs> I have to be honest. Uh, well, actually, to start off with, here's the, the better stuff I've been watching. I've been watching Mrs. America on BBC Two starring Kate Blanchett and it's about Phyllis Schlafly, the woman who basically opposed equal rights for women despite the fact that she was kind of pursuing her own sort of legal career and wants to be taken serious on a political stage. We need to talk about the threat of the women's liberation movement. So let me be clear. I am not against women working outside the home. That's their choice. What I am against is a small elitist group putting down homemakers. They want to create a sex-neutral society, which will mean that women are going to find themselves with two full-time jobs. That's a fantastic piece of TV. I can't stop watching it. The characters, or the real people rather, are are so interesting and so complicated and I'm just sort of fascinated with the whole idea of, you know, women's lib and I would like to think that I'd be on the side of the bra burners if I'd been alive back in the day, but it's a really, really good series. I also watched Bombshell, which is the Hedy Lamarr documentary. That was excellent. It was really sad as well. It was like for all the sort of inventions and, and maths and physics and everything else that she was so good at, she became a bit of a recluse who had really terrible plastic surgeries and she just ended up a bit of a mess because she was just so convinced that people only wanted her for how she looked as opposed to all of the contributions that she'd made to you know the war effort in particular 
and the US Army totally stiffed her on the patent for the work that she'd done as well and she could have made billions out of it and she obviously never did. Last night I watched The Black Coat's Daughter which is the Oz Perkins movie I think it's called February in the UK and I'm not joking that that was Black Phillip-esque that scared the shit out of me I'm still like I went to bed last night it was like one in the morning and despite the fact that I'm 30 years old I had the lamp on before I went to sleep because I was like it's too freaky I'm so disturbed by it. Other than that I've been re-watching Spaced and Peep Show, just sort of retro British comedy, which I love, um, and embarrassingly, 90 Day Fiancé and Selling Sunset, which is just total Gosh. trash. But it's like, it's just mindless garbage that you can, you know, Selling Sunset is literally just all these women fighting and bitching with each other, but selling like $40 million houses. And 90 Day Fiancé is obviously about the K-1 visa process in America. So you've got a lot of overweight, middle-aged Americans of both sexes believing that, you know, stunning 20-year-old Filipinos or Nigerians are are in it for love and not the green card. Bookwise, I finished The Crow Girl by Eric Axelsund. That was a hard read. I had to put that down a lot. There was a lot of really graphic child abuse descriptions that I was like, oh, this is making me feel quite sick. So I kind of, that was an effort to get to the, the finish line, but I don't like sort of leaving books. I also read that Defending Jacob by William Landy because it's on Apple TV which I don't have and I thought I'll just read the book and see what it's like it's kind of John Grisham-esque a sort of light legal thriller and I'm on the penultimate Philip Kerr Bernie Gunther book just now which is called Greek Sparing Gifts I'm, I'm never really one for reading multiple books at the same time I just oh, that's like just to... one after the other it's not at the oh. same time I don't have the concentration <laughs> for that <laughs> Just as John was mentioning as well, that I'm only been working at one book at the moment, and it's like, nah, I'm... but I know you people can do that. They can read like, multiple books, put them down, pick another one up, and that. And I'm just like, no, I can't. I can I do that to... while I was at uni, reading textbooks and like my own choice of books, but now I'm old and I get excited about hiring my washing out, so it's like one book at a time for concentration. John, was I right in saying you haven't seen Spaced? I haven't seen Spaced. It's on the list, you but I've it. never watched I know I'm a big fan of Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright, but for some reason I've just never sat down and watched it. It's there's n- there's no way you won't like it and you could watch it over a weekend. You could mm-hmm. just binge it. It's yeah. so easy to watch. It's great. Yeah, but I have a, an extensive list of so many things that <laughs> I want to watch at the moment. Yeah, it, I know, but the, the, the thing with this is... like 12 episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could watch you, rather than sitting and watching the the Arrowverse, which is going to take you up until like uh, February to finish. You could watch this and it's have it done mm-hmm. so quick, so soon. Okay, I will watch it and I will report back on the next podcast. Yes. Then I haven't really been up to it as much by comparison, film wise. I did watch a Truman Show again at the weekend, which I haven't seen in years. Coming to you now from the largest studio ever constructed, it's the Truman Show! Yeah! Good morning! Good morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. (laughs) What if? No scripts, no cue cards. Morning, Spencer! How's it going? What if you were watched every moment of your life? How many cameras you got there in that town? 5,000. I believe Truman is the first child to have been legally adopted by a corporation. That's correct. Brilliant. Oh, it's just still brilliant. It's still absolutely brilliant. It's even more relevant than it was then, and quite scarily prophetic in many ways as well. Uh, but still, still absolutely brilliant. I couldn't believe it was over 20 years old. Mm-hmm. 1998 it came out, and I was like, wow, absolutely mind-blowing. I also watched Grizzly Man. Have you seen that? I'm intrigued by the title, no. <sighs> 
I have, yes, I've seen that, yes. It's a documentary by Werner Herzog, so I can see Mary's eyes ping right away. (laughs) And it's about Timothy Treadwell, the animal rights activist and bear enthusiast that basically went to the Alaskan kind of wilderness every year and lived amongst bears and documented it. It's it's a horrible story and it's really sad and it's really tragic. It's also quite uplifting in some ways as well. Yeah, it's on Prime just now. I'd highly recommend it. It's incredible because all all the most of the footage is from the guy himself. Mm-hmm. So it's this really raw amateur video that's then all kind of pieced together to try and give you this uh, portrait of his life and it's it's incredible. I'd really, really recommend it. Is it Tiger King? No, it's nothing, it's nothing like that, but there's probably a parallel universe out there, not too different for hours, but there could easily be a, a, a Netflix series about this guy. Yeah. But... Um, Unfortunately, we don't have it. I also watched The Conjuring earlier on for the first time since it came out, okay. and that's still still pretty terrifying in a good way. You know, it's just quite nice to see the fact that they, they do use jump scares, but they're limited, and there's a payoff a lot of the time, and the practical effects, and just James, I love James Wan. He's a brilliant director. I'm a big fan of The Conjuring films in the whole universe, although most of the kind of spin-offs and that have been pretty terrible, to be honest. Like The Nun and The Curse of Lalona, or Lalona, what the fuck you call it, but... <laughs> the first the first two Conjuring films and the second Annabelle film are great. I would say the rest are average at best. Speaking of horror, I discovered a new show on Netflix it's called Slasher. And it's an anthology tale show, so every season is something different. I watched the first season and it's pretty brutal. It's a Canadian TV show and I was surprised how graphically violent it was. It's, it starts off with a couple being murdered on Halloween and the women's pregnant. And it's just really grotesque imagery. Oh, it's, I won't say too much about it because you watch it because it's really good. Right. Uh, and it's quite, it's really cheesy and it's really cliched. It's basically, all that, it's like a tick off the slasher tropes as you mm-hmm. watch it. But that's the point of it. And that's why it's really fun to watch, apart from the fact that it's incredibly violent. And that says a lot about me more than anything. I also watched that Fear City, New York versus the Mafia, on Netflix, which is excellent. It's a miniseries about a documentary about how the New York, the, the government, not the New York government, but the district attorney and things mm-hmm. like that went and took down the Mafia. And unlike most Netflix miniseries, it doesn't overstate its welcome. It's only three episodes and it actually leaves you wanting more. Because I was expecting another like, eight to ten episode thing where you can tell they're really padding stuff out like they always do. But no, this is just cracking. Like I say, it leaves you wanting more. I definitely recommend it, especially if you're a fan of like, Sopranos and things like that. Watching this, you see how accurate a show like that is. It's, it's incredible. Bookwise, I just finished Weave World the other day by Clive Barker, which was a dark fantasy, not a horror. But interestingly enough, came out the same year as Hellraiser. And apparently there was quite a lot of pushback from the fantasy community who were like, stay in your lane, Barker. I'm not interested <laughs> in your fantasy. You're a horror writer, but the book really rave reviews and is still highly acclaimed to this day. They've tried to make it a few times, but it always kind of just falls. There is still talk of a miniseries getting done and it would really work, but it would be difficult to make because the imagery and it's, it's difficult to imagine even just reading it. Because the way you can, I don't know if you've read Clyde Barker made, I know you have, John, mm-hmm. but his writing is just so vivid. He's vivid, but it fries your brain trying to visualise oh. what he's writing. And I don't mean like fries your brain in a, a terrifying way of that, because it's, it's quite dark, this book, but it's by no means a horror. But it is difficult to visualise what he's talking about at times because it's just so out there. That's, I mean, I'm like, I, I read anything. Like, the only book, I, I struggle with that, Crow Girl, the only book that I've ever found genuinely 
there's well, there's two that I found that genuinely scared me. One was American Psycho. I had to take a break from reading that because that was really fucking graphic. And then one that I read recently that I think you would like, something called Starfaker, mm-hmm. kind of haunted house type of thing. But it really just got under my skin. I quite like a horror to read, not to watch, because then the images stay in my head. But <laughs> I read sometimes. If you get a chance, then I would recommend Hellbound Heart by Clive Barker, which is the book Hellraiser is based on. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, and I only found this out recently, when Clive Barker wrote the Hellbound Heart, he wrote it with the film in mind. So he deliberately wrote the novel or the novella, knowing mm-hmm. he wanted to make it as a film. And I think that's why it's quite accessible compared to some of his other work. Not that Weave World, for example, isn't accessible, but it is quite in-depth. And you get The Great and Secret Show, which is also a dark fantasy. And it can be quite like... <laughs> I need to put this down because it's quite it's, it's kind of like a lot to take in whereas like Hellbound Heart as much as it is very visual and very graphic and very horror it does it's easy to digest it's all easy to digest imagine I loved it and I ended up becoming like number one Hellraiser fan hey Stranger Things have happened I still I still think you would like the first Hellraiser film yeah maybe <laughs> I'm determined to watch the Rambo movies now actually but yeah, yeah. It's baby steps we have a tweet from our fans regarding the choices saying, please stop, please, please, for the last time, I'm begging you. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah, well. Basically, we're going to be like Leonardo DiCaprio and move Wall Street, just kind of standing, you know, <laughs> saying, fucking going anywhere. <laughs> well, at least we've had one tweet. That's nice. If you feel loved. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, it's like the less attention we're getting on social media, the more listens we're getting. So <laughs> that's a good thing. I've got a Huawei. I need to change my phone before they really decide that they don't like China and I'll, my phone will stop working. You do realise you've already been cloned? Oh, 100%. Yep. <laughs> you've been There's a version of me that makes sense out there somewhere. <laughs> you've been cloned and sold into slavery. Yeah, there's a non-racist version of, of you out there, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> and even that one's a wee bit racist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit borderline. A couple of statements she's made, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to laugh yeah. at that. The clone kind of goes, I'm no racist, but... I mean, when you posted earlier that you'd gone for an eye test, I searched about in Messenger looking for a, a GIF or something that had some sort of racist eye test connotations, and I couldn't find one. Did you just Google racist eye test? <laughs> I'm sure they must be out there. <laughs> That's the kind of day I've been having. I had a lot of fun. Well, I'm glad one is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Sammy, my money would have been on you loving this because it was shit. I, I don't <laughs> say this. I don't, I don't use that. I don't say that sentence lightly. I mean, you had in when we get into the conversation, I will tell you how much respect I was given this film walking into it, uh-huh. and I still left disappointed. There's a lot to be said for cake and potatoes. Oh, listen, I'm one of those sick freaks that prefers Russell Crowe with his dad bods, but I just think he, like, he basically said that was the most bored he'd ever been because he was just constantly working out and couldn't eat and I think was living off like black coffee and cigarettes. So I think he was too interested in going back to it. Yeah, but what, what the hell is a dad bod, right? Because Zach, I don't say Zach, but I don't say Zach Brafter, Zach Efron has been that is not criticised dad bod. He's for just his dad waxing bod. his chest. I'm like, if that's a fucking dad bod, then yeah. Jason Momoa as well was in the beach. And people ask Jason Momoa was off his dad bod. And I'm also like, not dad he's bod. Just not shredded. <laughs> he's hard. <laughs> he's still absolutely ripped. Yeah. You know, the Zac Efron thing, he's literally he's he's got hair. That that's what it is. But dad bod to me is like Russell Crowe and the other guys. Yeah. Yes. That's that's dad bod. Yeah. Not just like, oh, I've got a six pack, but it's slightly hairy. <laughs> How many fucking dads <laughs> do you know are cutting about like that? John's like me. No, John. no, and I'm not <laughs> going to prove it. 
as well. Yeah, John's, John's like, unlike Stallone, I'm taking my shirt off. <laughs> and I haven't waxed. Front or back. <laughs> One of these days we're going to get through this without no, dissolving no, into this. No, we're never going to get, get through it. <laughs> I've just I've feel like I feel that I've just claimed to say that I've watched Payback, which I haven't. I've just got it confused with Maverick again. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> what is your obsession with Maverick? Yeah. It's not even a good film. It's just that for some reason in my head I keep getting the titles mixed up. Sorry, John. That's all right. Ima- you just imagine speaking to me. It's like, uh, what do you think of the Braveheart? Is that the one with... Oh, no, that's not Maverick, is it? Yeah, when he wins the card game, yeah. Hi, that was really wins good. the card game, yeah. He's got the guns and stuff, and mm-hmm. he shoots... Yeah. <laughs> he shoots Robert the Bruce, I can't remember. What's actually wrong with me? I thought maybe you were going to mention John Saxon dying yeah, a couple of days ago. Actually, yeah. he was on the Nightmare on Elm Street films. I know he was famous for all sorts of things, but obviously that all the headlines seem to go with Nightmare on Elm Street star dies. Yeah, it kind of depends what your, what your kind of genre allegiances lie. A lot of people remember him from Enter the Dragon mm-hmm. yes. more than anything. But yeah, for me, it was always the always Nightmare on Elm Street, having played the character in 1, 3 and 7, where he plays himself. Oh, okay. interesting. Yeah, yeah. or if you've not seen New Nightmare, it's very meta. Have you seen it? No. I've, it's not seen, no, no, no. I've not seen any of them. I haven't seen the first, never mind like the 19th or whatever this is. <laughs> I, know, I, know you're la- I know you're laughing, eh, but obviously it's like, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, the time you go to the sixth movie, it was basically a case of, right, just die. And they did. They killed the, they killed the film off because it was terrible and the franchise was just hemorrhaging money and the quality was dipping more and more so. But Wes Craven's new nightmare is set in the real world with the actors all playing themselves, including Robert England. And it's the idea that Freddy is some ancient evil who has been contained in the world of this movie, but then the movies are finished. He's trying to break into the real world. That sounds really, really shite. It does. <laughs> but it's not. It's so well done. It's a very, very good movie. And, and yet you watched John... it, even though it wasn't rubbish, you watched it. <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> I, say, I feel like yeah. the tables have turned this week. You're turning your nose up at Rampo last pod, and I'm like, fuck yeah, that was good fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, John, John Saxon. Um, it was good to see him play himself in that. As, uh, he plays Nancy's father in another movie. He's also the, the chief of police. And in New Nightmare, he returns to the role in a way as the father figure, uh, the mm. actress. Which is quite interesting, but yeah, it's quite a good movie. It's a good movie, yeah. But he died uh, recently, which is quite sad as well. And we're done. 